0: All right, grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter eight. We'll get we'll get to Luke eight in a few minutes. Um, today, I want to kick off the new year um, this year with preaching a message on how to hear God's voice more clearly. How many Christians we got up in here? We need to hear God's voice. You need to hear God's voice. Listen, I don't know what's coming down the pike. In 2024, there's probably some good. There's probably some bad. I'm sure there's some ugly coming down. Um, both, you know, you know, individually, corporately, worldwide. But we need, what do we need? We need to hear God's voice. We need a lifeline to heaven, amen? On New Year's Day, I was sort of joking, but sort of serious. I made a social media post. And uh, go ahead and put up that picture that I, that I posted. And, and I said, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. So upon, yes... But I was also encouraging people to lean into the voice of the Lord for the new year. How many want to have some new ears? I want to have spiritual ears and hear what God is saying in the new year. So I want to preach a message on this today. The title of our message today is called "How to Hear More in 2024." Yes, it rhymed. How to hear, if you're if you're a public speaker, you're a preacher, and you can work that out, it, it just it goes better. Okay. You got to make it sticky. It's got to stick in people's brains. So how do we hear more in 2024? If you are a believer in Jesus, your lifeline, our lifeline, is the voice of our Heavenly Father. We need to hear his voice. When Jesus was in the wilderness, the, he was being tempted by the devil. The devil tempted him. He was fasting. The devil tempted him to, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread Jesus always answered with the word. Jesus answers with Deuteronomy 3. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Come on, you and I don't just live on physical bread. You and I li- literally live off of our connection with our creator, off of God's word. Jesus said, it's more important that I have a connection with the Father than even with natural food, okay? He's saying, we don't just live on natural food. We live and 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 um, and uh, thrive by a loving connection with our Father in heaven, and we do that by connection with Him and hearing His voice. For every situation you're going through, it's the same. It was the same with Jesus. It's the same with you and me. For the believer, hearing God's voice is our lifeline. We need to hear God's voice. Jesus said this in John the six sixty-three: "It is the Spirit giving life; the flesh." Profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Okay, when Jesus speaks to you, his words are spiritual, and his words are life-giving to you. This is why you need to hear his voice. This is why you need to get into the word of God, the Bible. This is how we have our lifeline. <clears throat> you and I need to hear more in 2024. God's voice is our lifeline. Let me read it Um let me read this in the New King James Version, because I just like this word. John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. Everyone say quickeneth. Y'all need the quickeneth up in here. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Listen, during this sermon, if your neighbor's falling asleep, just give them the quickeneth, all right? Just, y'all need a quickening up in here. There's also coffee in the foyer. That'll give you a quickening as well, All right. So how, the question becomes, how do we calibrate our listening to hear God's voice? So I want to just talk to you. How do we hear God more clearly? How many want to hear God more clearly? Man, don't we all, don't we all? Um, For my chief illustration today, I, I want to start by showing you a picture. Now this picture is, go ahead and put that up. This is obscure. In fact, you probably can't even see it, but in that I'll give you a hint. That there's a, that ray of light there. There's a tiny little dot. Can you guys see the dot, or is it way too far away? Just it's obscure and it's a long shot. But is it, does anyone off, you know, know what this is a picture of? A planet. Yes. Ooh, you boom! I got it right away. It is the Earth. It is a planet. Some of you said planet, and it is the Earth. So thank you so much. Good way to take a risk. Okay, this picture was taken on February fourteenth, nineteen ninety taken in space, obviously, 3.7 billion miles from the sun. Okay, it is the Earth. Go ahead and do the next picture. So, boom, right there. This is a, this is a family portrait of all of us. Okay. Every last one of us who were alive in 1990. I was about 10 years old then. But anyway, who took the picture? Well, actually, it was what took the picture. Um, NASA took the picture. Voyager... T- uh, Voyager um, One was the space probe that took this picture of Earth in 1990. This picture became what would be known as the pale blue dot. And Voyager 1 was so far away that at this vantage point, the Earth is the size basically of one pixel. Voyager 1 was launched in 1977. How many were alive when Voyager 1 was launched? Do you guys remember... This happening. I remember, the, um, my understanding is that we're, who was president? Nixon? Carter? My understanding, and maybe it was the previous administration who put things in order to launch this, but there was an alignment of the planets, and like, if we want to capitalize on this alignment of planets, we need to get this program running, and they, and they did, and they got these, these space probes launched. Um, 1977, these space probes, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, have been in operation for 46 years. And they're still in operation. Like today, we're still rec- uh, they're still collecting and transmitting um, data from the outer solar system um, to Earth. Um, go ahead and put up the, the next pictures. This is I, I, I screenshotted this yesterday, so um, it says distance from Earth, and Voyager Voyager One is 15,148,081,906 miles away from us. Just spiraling you know through space um, past the outer limits of, of our solar system into interstellar space. As of 2023, they are still out there gathering and transmitting data. Now at this point, a lot of the uh, sensors on Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 have been shut down to conserve power. There is a finite amount of power and eventually they will stop working. Um, but even as of last year there was uh, there was some uh, corrupted, um, software on Voyager 1 and they sent a software update to Voyager 1 and it takes it takes 22 hours for that signal to get one way. Traveling at the speed of light it takes 22 hours for that software update to get there. They had to like reboot it and they're like, we hope it turns back on. It did, it came back on. And um, those, so by far, Voyager 1 is the furthest man-made object from Earth by far. I say all this to say one about these space probes. The only way we could still have communication and connection with the Voyagers is because in everything that Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 do, everything they've discovered, all the amazing discoveries and pictures and data they've collected from the outer solar system, one thing they've diligently worked to do is to keep the antenna that they have pointed directly at Earth. They have onboard thrusters that constantly orientate uh, orientate that that spacecraft to be focused on its creator so that we can transmit data and receive data back in return from them I haven't yeah there's one more picture so this is kind of a obviously not a real picture it's a rendition but this is what it is it's out on the outer solar system and it's just everything it does it's pointing back at earth if they lost that orientation, we would essentially lose contact with the Voyagers forever. And eventually we will. Eventually their life cycle will run out. Right now they're, you know, all the people who were part of this program are like retired, you know. So there's a younger generation that's come in And they probably will outlive their creators. But here's the thing. The lifeline for the Voyagers is their ability to con- connect to their creator. They send software updates because of, you know, corrupted um Corrupted uh, a code that they had to update, and without that, they would have been lost forever. But here's the application today: staying with you and me, our lifeline to our living Creator is our ability to connect to and to hear God's voice. How many know that sometimes we get some corrupted code going on the inside of us, and our living Father in heaven has to send some software updates to us to update that code to get us back in running order? Can I get a witness? Again, Jesus says, actually, I actually haven't read this again, so this is for the first time. John 10, 27, Jesus said, the sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. That's what Jesus said. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is like a big deal for the believer. We need to be able to hear and to discern voice of the living God. We believe God speaks to us. That's kind of a unique thing to Christianity. God actually talks to us, amen? He'll talk to you through his word, and by the way, everything you think he speaks to you needs to line up with this word, amen? He'll talk to you through his word, and he talks to you spirit to spirit. So the question becomes this morning, how do we calibrate our ears to hear God's voice? How do we have our spiritual antenna, so to speak, Directly aimed at God so that we can receive everything that he has for us so that we can have life when he speaks to us. Okay, did you guys find Luke 8 yet? Luke chapter 8, I've given you some time. Luke chapter 8, we're going to go to verse 18, and this is going to be kind of the so what of everything else we're going to cover here. So we'll start in verse 18, then we'll jump back to the beginning. But this is what Jesus says, Luke eight eighteen. Therefore take heed to how you hear. Everyone say, how you hear. Take heed, pay attention to, concentrate on how you listen, how you hear. For whoever has, to him will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Okay? Those who have ears to hear, more will be given to them. Those who do not have ears to hear, even what you used to have, can actually be taken and stolen from you. But he says this, take heed Pay attention to how you listen, how you hear. Many times, I think we think the problem is the communicator. It's like, God, you're not speaking to me. God, why aren't you talking to me? I actually think God is, he's always doing something in our lives. He's always communicating something. He's always leading us. How many know that the problem isn't the speaker? Oftentimes, the problem is the hearer. And there are things we can do to become better hearers to do this. Everyone do this. This is what we need to do sometimes. We just need to listen in and lean into what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Jesus poses the question here, are you paying attention to how you hear? Not if you hear, how you hear. Sometimes we are listening, but oftentimes we are hearing through some bad filters. I've had some bad filters in my life before. Let me give you a few examples of some bad filters. One bad filter is offense you're walking around with a fence in your life, that is gonna garble the communication between you and God. A fence can do that. Uh, jealousy. If you're walking in jealousy, that can, that can be a bad filter. Pay attention. Take heed to how you hear. Um, how about this one? This is a big one for a lot of people. An inaccurate view of God. They just don't know the character and nature of God. Therefore, when God speaks to them, it doesn't gel with the, their, their view of the nature and the character of God does not gel with what they're hearing, and so there's an inaccurate view there. There's a, f- a negative filter that's causing them not to hear God clearly. How many know that there are a-, a billion distractions in this world that can become filters in our lives to cause us to not hear God clearly? Have ever been distracted before? I've been distracted a few times. <laughs> How many know we have to work diligently to not be distracted? This is why we talk about having a quiet time. What is wh- why? Why quiet? <laughs> Because there's a lot of distractions. And a lot of people like to do that early in the morning. Why? Because when you get going in the day, the distractions get louder, don't they? The stresses start to mount up and even get bigger. So starting off in the morning before you bog down with everything else, it's like, I'm gonna quiet myself, sit here before the Lord and get the distractions out here. How about this one? Here's some more bad filters, sin and compromise. Those things can limit your ability to perceive and hear God's voice. Let me give you an illustration here. Did you know that just as much, when you, you know, at nighttime you look at the stars, but did you know that during the day, just as much starlight from those stars makes it to the earth? How many know we can't see that starlight? The reason why you can't see the stars in the middle of day is because all of the ambient light that's being scattered in our, in our atmosphere from, from the sun, what's the problem? There is something much brighter, much more prevalent than the light of the stars and it blocks out our ability to see the stars. This is what it's like oftentimes in the Christian's life. God is speaking to us, but how many know that so many times God, to, God speaks to us in a still, small voice? Yes, he can shout. Yes, he can thunder through. But usually God speaks to your heart in a still, small, quiet voice. Think about this. The creator of the universe, the one who flung galaxies into existence, speaks softly. What do we have to do? We have to calibrate our listening to hear God's voice. I love it in the, where was that? In the, when God was speaking to Elijah. Kings, yeah, my wife, she knows the Bible. Good girl. In Kings, when, when, when God's speaking to Elijah, it was like there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. There was fire, but God was on the fire. And then God spoke to him in that still, small, quiet voice. Okay, so ambient distractions can be a huge thing for us. Okay, let's look. So Jesus says, take heed um, for how you listen. Take heed to how you hear. There are different filters. And even now, I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, Lord. Are there filters that we are looking through? Are there filters, Lord, that we have in our own lives? So just let the Lord speak to you during this message. If there are filters you're hearing him through that's um, making it harder for you to hear and discern his voice, we want to deal with those today. Okay, we're going to jump back now uh, to verse 4 okay, in in Luke chapter 8. and we're gonna see in context uh, what Jesus was talking about of taking heed to how we hear. Okay, so verse four, he says this. uh, While a large uh, crowd was gathering and people were coming uh, to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path it was trampled on and the birds uh, ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, The plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he had said this, he called out. Uh, Other translations say he cried out. He called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus is pleading with these people. He's calling out, he's crying out. Whoever has ears to hear it, let them hear what the the Spirit is saying. Um, Verse nine, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. And I would add, it's been given to us as well. But to others, I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. Okay, verse 11, Jesus is gonna break it down for us here. Verse 11, he says this. This is the meaning of the parable. I like it when Jesus explains his parables because I don't always get his parables. Sometimes he's like, if you have ears to hear, you'll get the parables. And I'm like, I'm not getting it, Lord. You know, But thank you for explaining it and thank you, disciples, for asking the question because I was asking it too. <clears throat> Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Okay, When God speaks to us, oftentimes it comes in seed form. It's not Harvest form; It comes into our hearts in seed form. And this is why we often don't see the fruit of what God is speaking to us because how many know you can't just take a seed, you gotta do some stuff with the seed. You gotta plant a seed, you gotta water a seed, you gotta tend to the seed, right? The seed is the word of God. When God speaks to you, it's not always a done deal just because he spoke to you. You have to do something with what he speaks to you. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, here he says, may not believe and may not be saved. Obviously, that is true for salvation. But I would say anything God speaks to us comes in seed form. And how many know there's a day that we're saved, but how many know that God continues to save us, so to speak, right? He continues to deliver us, so to speak. He, he, can, he continues to mature us in Christ, so to speak, And he does that through the words that he's speaking to us. So everything he speaks to us, it goes through this process. But here's the thing I want to say the problem here is not the seed, the problem is the filter. So Jesus highlights filter number one. Filter number one is this people who are on the fence and people who are double minded. Okay? This is a filter that will limit your ability not to just not to hear God's voice but to retain what God is saying to you and let it produce something in your life. When a person lives on the fence, the devil has access to come snatch the word that God is trying to sow into your life. This is why in 1 Peter 5, it says this, humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary... The devil walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One of the ways the enemy has access to be a devourer in your life is when you're living on the fence. Undecided, living on the fence, double-minded. One foot in the world, one foot in the church, one foot in compromise, one foot serving Jesus. This is one filter that Jesus is saying, you got to get rid of out of your life. You got to get compromise out of your life. says this in the the book of James. Well, it says that the double-minded man is unstable in all of their ways and receives nothing from God. Double-mindedness is a huge problem. The double-minded person is unstable. Think of a person who's unstable. I don't know who you're thinking of. Don't tell your neighbor. But we all know someone unstable. That someone might be you. I don't know. I've been unstable a time or two in my life myself. But if you think of someone unstable, unstable in all of their ways, oftentimes it's because they're a double-minded person. They haven't made up their mind. They haven't committed their life to Jesus and fully given themselves to, to God. What do we need to do? We need to decide. We need to make that decision. I'm all in God's camp. I'm not riding the fence. Joshua 24, 15, it says this. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Joshua said this, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. He's like, we have made up our minds. We're serving the Lord. I'm not gonna live on the fence. I'm not gonna be double-minded. I'm not gonna be undecided. I'm not gonna stagger the fence. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are there areas of your life where you're kind of on the fence? Areas of your life that you're double minded or undecided. I just want to encourage you, if you want to hear more in 2024, I want to encourage you to be a decided person, to follow Jesus 100%. <clears throat> Again, the problem isn't God's word, the problem is that we're not taking heed to how we listen. So Jesus here highlights the problem is in the seed, and the problem is you're not taking heed of how you listen. You're listening through a bad filter. Let's look at the next one, verse 13. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Filter number two is, this is a person who has no depth or no perseverance in the Lord. No depth. Think of, now think, I told you, think of an unstable person. Now think of a shallow person. Might be yourself, might be someone else. Don't tell your neighbor who it is. But think of someone who's shallow. Okay, how many want to be shallow? No one wants to be shallow. People want to be deep, right? <clears throat> I want to be deep in the Lord. I want to have a depth of relationship with the Lord. Now, <clears throat> how do you have a depth in the Lord? How do you go deep with the Lord? I want to show you this morning. You guys want to go deep with the Lord? You want to go deep in 2024? All right. <clears throat> Let me give you a a key this morning of how to go deep with the Lord. We'll start in Daniel chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. That sounds like a deep person to me, wisdom to the wise, knowledge to the discerning. Verse 22, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. Let me read that again. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, light dwells with him. Okay, I want you to see this morning the connection between the word deep and the word hidden. How many want the deep things of God? Guess where they are? They're hidden. <laughs> okay. The deep things are the hidden things. And how do you find hidden things? You search for them. Okay. <clears throat> okay. God doesn't hide things from us, but he does hide things for us. And there's something about the journey of searching for God that changes you and makes you a deeper person. The deep things are the hidden things. <clears throat> How many of um, you do like an Easter egg hunt with your kids? You're not hiding the Easter eggs from them, are you? You're hiding them for them. And it's the same thing with God. He doesn't withhold things, you know, from us. Maybe some things, I don't know. He probably doesn't give us everything we want. But there are mysteries of the kingdom of God that he wants us to search out. He wants us to go after because it's in the journey of seeking God that we are changed and transformed. And that's where we find the deep things of God. If you want the deep things, you've got to find them. Amen? Christians with no depth are Christians who do not search out the deep things of God. In other words, they're shallow. Here's the thing. The deep things of God aren't necessarily just in plain sight. The deep things of God you have to search a little bit for. You have to discern for. You have to dig for them. So we want to be Christians who have depth to us. Let's look at the next filter, verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Okay, this is filter three, the cares of life or worldly desires. Some believers, I would call them carnal believers, they're so encumbered by the things of this world. They're so enamored with, encumbered with the things of the world. Jesus, or it was John who said it in one one of the John's, Love not this world nor the things in the world. For if you love the world, you don't have the love of God within you, okay? We have to check where our affection is. Where's your affection this morning? How many know it's the, this verse is highlighting the pressures of life and the pleasures of life. Look out in seasons of times of immense pressure or um, excessive pleasure. Those oftentimes can become um, uh, weeds that choke out the seed of God, the word of God in your life. Are you worried about things that don't matter in eternity? Are you too worried about getting more money? Are you too worried about fulfilling carnal desires? These are the type of people who don't mature in God. There's no depth in them. And the thorns choke out the seed of God in life. Again, the problem is not God's ability to speak. The problem is not the seed. The problem is a distracted heart and people not taking heed to how they listen. So take heed to how you hear. And many of us are hearing, and I know that I've done this in my own life, are hearing through the wrong filters. Okay, so number one, filter number one on the fence, that's double-minded. Number two, filter, no depth, no perseverance. This is actually an interesting verse. Um, I'm gonna read this real quick. I think I have this marked. So we're in, Luke, we're in Luke 8, but the same parable Jesus tells, and it's told from a slightly different vantage point in Matthew, <coughs> Matthew 13, 21, Jesus said this, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. Watch this. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they fall away quickly. Sometimes holding on to the promises of God is what brings about persecution and trouble in our lives. Like, I don't know if you've ever been going through a season, but you're hanging on to something God said to hang on to and that seems to be what's causing problems in your life. I'll give an example from my own life right now. The Lord said to buy a building. I'm persevering through the process at this point in time. I'm holding on to the word. Amen. Sometimes God will say, do something. and It'll cost you more to hang on to the word than to relinquish the word to get relief from the pressure that you're going through. Verse 15, verse 15, but. Now, usually when you see the word but, something stinky is going to follow. But this is a good but. Everyone say, nice but. Verse 15, this is a nice but right here. Okay. Got to make it sticky. I'm embarrassing my wife up here. There's at least two nice butts in this room. One right there, one right here. Okay. Come on, come on. (laughs) Can I get a witness? (laughs) If you're married, does the person sitting next to you, tell them nice butt, all right. Verse 15, but the seed, the word of God, sown on good soil, stands for those who with a noble and a good heart, what do they do? Hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Amen? What do they do? They hear, they retain, they persevere. They hear, retain, persevere. What do you do when God speaks to you? You need to hear it, retain it, persevere through it. We just got done celebrating the incarnation of our Lord Jesus to this world. What an amazing time that was, I love December, where we we're celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus, the incarnation, God becoming flesh, dwelling among us. We just got done celebrating that. But it says when, when, the, Holy, uh, when the angel actually came to Gabriel and gave, um, Gabriel gave Mary a word saying, you're going to bear the Messiah. He's gonna, what is going to be born in you is the Messiah, the, the Lord. The Bible says that Mary stored up, treasured up these things in her heart and pondered them in her heart. What did she do? She she took the word of the Lord. She didn't say like, "Oh, that's weird, whatever." She stored it up, pondered them in her heart. She retained it in her heart. Sometimes God speaks to us. It's again, many, most of the time actually, when God speaks to us, it's in a seed form. What do we need to do with seeds? We need to store them up. We need to retain them in our hearts. We need to steward those things God speaks to us in our hearts, so that it will produce a crop. Hear, retain, and persevere. The problem is not God's ability to speak. Oftentimes, it's our filters. Take heed to how you hear. You want to hear more in 2024? Take heed to how you're hearing, not just are you hearing. Retain the word and go deep with God. Persevere through the trials that holding on to the word often brings to us. Amen? I'll conclude with this. I'll conclude with this. What is the Lord speaking to you today through this message. What is he saying to you? Do you have some filters that God needs to deal with today so you can hear his voice more clearly? What are some filters? Unforgiveness can be a filter. Jealousy can be a filter. An inaccurate view of God can be a filter. Um, I felt this when I was just getting ready to print my notes last night. I felt trauma can be a filter. I think many times we've gone through a trauma. We haven't processed the trauma. We haven't been healed from the trauma that thing has become a filter in your life. And when God tries to speak to you and sow seeds into your life, you're processing God's word to you through a trauma. And if that's you, I just wanna pray that this year that thing gets dealt with. You get actual healing from that, amen? All right, why don't you guys stand to your feet this morning? How to hear more in 2024. All right, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for every person in this house, Lord. Lord, I thank you that it is is our inheritance, God. You've given us the right to become children of God, and your children have the right to hear your voice, Lord. And your voice, God, is a lifeline to each and every one of us, Lord. And there's situations that many of us are going through, have gone through, will go through, Lord, where we need to hear your voice. We need to know that true north. We need to know what you're speaking to us, Lord. God, we need that. Um, That life-giving word of God. So I just bless your people today, Lord God. And I just pray this morning, if there's filters, Lord, in our lives, that you would help us identify those filters, be healed from those filters, and then move on from those filters. And Lord, if there's people here who um, they need help dealing with some of those filters, Lord, I pray that they would reach out to the body of Christ and get help to Um, get those filters healed, God, because it is your pleasure, Lord, to heal us so that we can walk with you and to be healed in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Leslie, you closing up?